0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome.
1: Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am not Rev. No, No, you're not. Nor am I Joey. I'm... Who am I? What's happened? I am Vicky Barcelona. And...
0: This is like the last episode of Superman where people were flip. Are you uh, are you on the Bizarro? Is, it, is that where they are? The Bizarro planets? and we the only one left?
1: Something like that. Oh Across boy. from me, I think is BJ Shea. I might be. Then it shows namesake.
0: I think I am. Or
1: are you who you are? I don't know, man. I know this is a BJ and Vicky, like father, adopted child. That's episode, it. yeah,
0: <laughs> but the episode you've been waiting to hear—the father adopted child episode—and
1: the, the episode that nobody asked for. <laughs> you know, I've never done a
0: DNA test. What if we are somehow crazily related? Because maybe I'm the long lost brother of your father. How crazy I, would that be?
1: Or long lost cousin of my dad. I got some, uh, some unknowns in the, the family tree.
0: See? I would, yeah, what if uh, someone was just like, yeah, this kid, no, we got to get rid of him.
1: That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, but- I'm Bruno.
0: No one talks about me. That's the thing. You, you know, so that's... But now they're
1: going to start talking about me. Come on! Calm down, Bruno. Okay. <laughs> uh, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about a couple TV shows BJ has watched... As well as uh, getting deep into some Umbrella Academy. And that's going to lead to a uh, Mm. deeper conversation. Mm. Uh, But if you are curious how you can get a hold of us, do so by going to BJShaysGeekNation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search BJShaysGeekNation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app to find us. Uh, so, you've actually been watching a show that I need to catch up on badly, and I like it because it is a, like, mini. every episode is its own thing.
0: It's like a little anthology.
1: Right. So, is this similar to, I never finished the first season, I watched quite a few of the, uh, of the episodes, though. Does it all tie together at some point, or whether a lot or a little, much like uh, the Marvel, um, I keep saying one shot in my if, head, it's what, what if, if. Yes, thank you.
0: yes. Uh, no, it's all they're all separate. They okay. all have nothing to do with each other. That's awesome. Uh, I feel like they're also made by all different types of people. Uh, we're talking about love, death, and robots
1: mm-hmm. uh, on which Netflix. Is
0: on Netflix and uh, season uh, season three, actually, which is crazy to think, season three dropped, and um, it's uh, it's it's got a lot more episodes than season two did. So that was kind of cool. And definitely
1: based on the name. It's it's true. Don't let your kids watch this.
0: Yeah, it, what I love about it is most of the time it's animation, mm-hmm. and it's some beautiful, beautiful animation. And, and, and oh gosh, you're just like
1: whoa in so many different styles. That's what I was really amazed by. Some of them had like the CGI. Like, are they human? Are they not? Yes. Or even like we have some awesome technology for video games, and that's kind of the vibe I got with some. Some had more of an anime vibe feel to it. And so it's awesome. Every episode is different.
0: It does give you a chance to really make these sci-fi fantasy worlds just even more amazing Mm -hmm. when everything is just CGI. Right. You know, and there, and then, so they don't have to worry about how is the actor looking at a green screen, or are we lucky enough to have mm-hmm. a VR wall? Uh, and and you get to really see the level of animation that that's you know that, that that's being done. I love this. I, I think Love, Death, and Robots is such a fun series. Uh, every different episode with different themes, different ideas. Uh, there is uh, there's cutesy stuff. There is not so cutesy mm-hmm. stuff. I will say, for me, the most impressive episode was the last one called Jabaro, based on a cultural myth. Okay. Uh, And the animation is just unbelievable. It took me a while to think, like, I kept going, I I think this is CGI, but my gosh, so much of this looks Mm -hmm. so amazingly real. Uh, And it is, uh, whoa, it is... Uh, an amazing story, and some of the stories are really, really cool. It occurred uh, to me
1: like if you I mean it's very rare, but if you're able to rent out a theater to put on Netflix, this I feel like would be a really awesome show to watch on a big screen
0: yeah, yeah it's and 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 it's just got so many different, which what I love about sci-fi is just when you get to like you used to read the short stories if you mm-hmm. if you got all the the, the short story uh, anthology books that you could buy that would have all the different writers mm-hmm. and they would all do certain short stories, and this has that feel. And it is so good. So if you really are a sci-fi geeky person like myself and you have not familiarized yourself with Love, Death and Robots with three different seasons, uh, it, it is a treat. It really, really is.
1: Uh, and like we said, do not let the kiddos watch it because even though yeah. there's robots, it's, yeah. yeah, it gets pretty gruesome sometimes. Yeah,
0: it really does. Uh, and it's on Netflix and it's uh, I, I love it. I really do love it.
1: All right, uh, so the next show that you've been watching, is this supposed to be like a line from like a pickup line or something, The Man Who Fell to Earth?
0: Yeah, it's a a good one, isn't it? You could definitely say that. Uh, This is an old book. Uh, that has been, re- and, and it has been, I think, movies, a movie, maybe a couple movies have been made based on this book, and uh, this has now been redone into a sci-fi series on Showtime, which it's already wrapped up. But uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it, and you know him as Baron Mordo.
1: Yes, in uh, Doctor Strange.
0: Yes, uh, and he plays the title character, and it is, I, I, I'm honest, I'm going to tell you, I have not finished the series because it is, I, I, it is my show that I like to watch on a plane. And okay. so I'm saving it for that because sometimes when I'm on a plane, I go, gosh, I really wish I had a good show to watch. And I'm like, you know what? This is the perfect show for this because the special effects aren't so important that I need to watch it on a big screen. The story, I think, is really something. Uh, you know, Kate Mulgrew is in this. Oh, And well, I love it's her. fun seeing her. Uh, Naomi Harris, uh, is uh, who, who plays a fantastic character by the name of Justin, uh, she's in it. And uh, there's just so many good people in oh, this Jimmy movie. Jimmy
1: Simpson from Westworld.
0: Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, Jimmy, the, the, the young, uh, oh, Edward. Uh, yeah, yeah, the man in black. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's a series about basically an alien literally falling to Earth, and uh, it is, he's got technology, really cool technology. Unfortunately, it's only a prototype, and he needs Earth's help to make the real technology, but what at what cost? Will people even believe who he is? And he also isn't the first alien that visited this planet, but something kind of catastrophic happened to that first one. And that's a mystery. of like, well, what happened to that dude? So this alien has to find out Faraday has to find out like, well, what happened to the first dude that came here? We need to make this happen because my planet's dying and your planet's going to be in the same boat. If we don't do this.
1: I was wondering like, why does this sound familiar? Why does it sound familiar? The first movie, *The Man Who Fell to Earth*, came out in 1976, and it was David Bowie who played him.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's um, why.
1: Okay, I'm like, okay, now I'm tracking. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: So it's, um, I think, uh, I, I think uh, Chouettele has done an amazing job. The, the way he basically plays a being that doesn't that that's not human that has to get acclimated to humanity. There are some great fish out of water scenes that really travel through the entire series. And, but you see that eventually, they tell you early on, he's acclimated, but then basically it starts in present day, then we're going to see flashback pretty much, I think, almost up until the end of the episode. I haven't watched all the episodes, but mm-hmm. all the episodes are basically a flashback of how he got to be the person we see at the beginning of the series.
1: And do we know if we're getting a ne- another season? Or is I, it still... I really,
0: you know, since I haven't finished it up, I haven't checked so you can check to see because I don't know how it ends because I'm kind of like hey I'm saving it for the plane I'm halfway through the season even though they've already finished their runs so maybe a couple three weeks ago they finished up the last episode
1: I mean there's there's no like official word it looks like as of yet but uh, apparently the boss. Does tease season two plan, so they okay. do seem to have a plan for the next season. So
0: they definitely are going to, I don't know how much resolution they're going to give us in season one, but I... Uh, At
1: least leaving it open for another season. If you need something
0: to binge and you want a clever story with, with good acting, and and, and tell definitely ta- he takes the cake. Jimmy Simpson is also, he's really good as well. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, and it's so, I, I'll watch Kate Mulgrew do anything. Right. Uh, and Naomi, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen Naomi Harris in a lot of things, but... Boy, she and her father, who's played by uh, Clark Peters, they they the dynamic and what's going on between both of them and their lives and what she's had to endure. Uh, a really fine performance on her uh, on her end as well. And uh, Sonia Cassidy, who plays uh, Edie Flood, and Rob Delaney, who I have seen Rob before. He plays their brother or sister, and their dynamic mm-hmm. is pretty wild. There, and, and, and there's a lot of great people in this, including uh, Bill Nighy, which you will know from oh. many a British performance. and Including um, yeah.
1: Pirates of the Caribbean. That's
0: right. Uh, uh, and yeah. Naomi
1: Harris, she's got one of those faces. I'm like, I know you. I know you. Uh, she was in Moonlight. She was in uh, 007 Skyfall.
0: Oh, that's where I've seen her. She okay. Was in
1: 28 Day, Spectre. Oh, my
0: gosh. So, she, you know what? I... She looked familiar, but I'm like, I just can't put my finger on where. And so there you go, all those movies and stuff.
1: Apparently, she was also in the last Venom movie.
0: I did. She
1: was? Yeah, she played Frances. Venom, Let There Be oh,
0: Carnage. Oh, no. The second
1: movie? Yeah. That's her? She played Francis.
0: I completely, I it mean, she's un- she's unrecognizable. It's like a completely different character. What a great performer, because I'm, I, I did not even equate her being that same. And I know the actress you're talking about mm-hmm. in Venom. Wow. What, I, I'm almost thinking they're not the same person. They're such different right? performances. Wow, good for her, man. She was
1: in a Mandela movie where she played. Uh, she played alongside Idris Elba, so she's done quite a few things. Yeah, but, and, and she I, has that face. Like I recognize you, but
0: well, it doesn't click sometimes. I think it's the sign of a good actor mm-hmm. when you do not recognize them because they're such different. It's such a different performance. Mm-hmm. So good for you, Naomi. That's uh, I, I, I. I. There's more. I. She was. You're telling me she was in more stuff that I saw that I didn't even know. <laughs> so anyway, it's called The Man Who Fell to Earth. It's on Showtime or Showtime On Demand and whatever you can do. And if you're looking for the next binge...
1: I think that might have to be my dad's. I feel like this is right up his alley. He's been I, looking for more shows. I think he would dig it. I think so, uh, Especially
0: too. with that fish out of water thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever felt that way in your life... It's kind of cool with this guy. He—it's like he's—he really is like an immigrant coming to America, trying to make his way in a weird. And I'm sure there's probably some allegories there.
1: Yeah, you definitely gotta like assimilate and all yeah. that fun stuff. Yay! Uh, but speaking of fun stuff, yes, San Diego Comic Con came and went
0: lots of stuff lots a, of posts a
1: lot of big stuff i did post a blog about it where i'm like here are all the trailers all the big news that came out yeah. from it that you need to know check I, out the quantum Manium tease and all uh, these other things i gotta, so gotta much. wait a
0: long time for fantastic four but at least they say it's coming
1: right and there's so many rumors and speculations like is you know at this point it's been a minute you know john krasinski the big news with him like is he sticking around is he not like is this just a little piece from this world we don't know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, because I suppose you could have a different actor mm-hmm. play a different version of Reed Richards, who, you know, I mean, that guy has got big connections to the big bad guy, and in, in the mm-hmm. next big bad guy in all these Avengers movies, he does have connections, is basically Kang, or a version of Kang, is his dad. So who knows? I mean, you may, you may not have to have John Krasinski be the 616 Reed.
1: But... Some other news that came around in the Star Wars, Star Trek realm that's caused a bit of controversy. Uh,
0: yeah, mm, boy, mm, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, William Shatner, who you know what? Even though he's in his he's he's hit what, the ninth 90s? decade, you know he's still being William Shatner, which is you know just having a lot of fun. He and Kevin Smith seem to be buddies, and there's, that's kind of fun. There's
1: a term; it's called the S Disturb'er. They just like to yeah disturb things, if you will.
0: Uh, and, you know, we, we've had a, a great opportunity in my career. I've had the opportunity, and I think you've been present, too, where we've had William Shatner mm-hmm. as a guest. You and did a
1: panel. Or you didn't do a panel, but you got to introduce him before his panel.
0: Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's always been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever, Whatever interview I've always done, William's a great performer. And um, so, you know, whenever he's doing anything on a stage at any given time, I really think, okay, He's got a he's got a reason and he's got a performance based attitude towards it as opposed to just sitting there being off the cuff. So I always wonder, like, what's really going on? What's happening? And that's the first thing I wondered when these comments were made to him Mm -hmm. by him when asked about Star Wars and Star Trek. And
1: he's always been very vocal. He's never really held back when it comes to his opinion on things. But he did a panel. Kevin Smith was the moderator. And many questions. They made fun of his age. He talked about being in space and his whole uh, journey with that. Uh, He did make a, someone asks about other sci-fi franchises. He said, F Star Wars, but not Mark Hamill. (laughs) That's pretty good. Smith's like, we love Mark Hamill, which them two together, they're awesome. Like all of, actually all three. (laughs) So a fan came up and asked if there's any new Star Trek series he thought rivaled his own. And he replied, none of them. Now, there is no audio. We did look. I thought there was. There isn't any of this specific. So we don't know if it got scrubbed. We don't know if it just didn't get recorded. The audio didn't come out. Because uh, I did hear that there was other moments where people were asking questions and he couldn't hear them because of masks, because he did have a strong mask I know what that's like
0: having a hearing issue myself. The Masks yeah. are so tough.
1: Especially with microphones and being on stage. Oh, it's a mess. Uh, but he did say, I got to know Gene Roddenberry in th- in three years fairly well and he'd be turning in his grave at some point of, of some of this stuff. And a lot of people were mad. They're like, oh, Shander. But some people are thinking that it was a joke, like he was just messing around. So is he really hating all this or is he just being an S disturber?
0: There, there are definitely factions, and there are factions of people who do not like any of the new Star Trek, though Strange New World seems to be bringing some of those folks back because it, it's more like the original series and episodic stuff uh, like Next Generation, but really more so it's giving you the vibe of the original series uh, updated. But yes, yeah, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, there are people that do not like it. And his line that I got to know Gene Roddenberry, and he'd be spinning in his grave, you know, some people felt that he was doing that tongue in cheek because that's a line that a lot of these mm-hmm. gatekeepers use. Gene Roddenberry spinning in his grave: Discovery is not Star Trek. Call it what you want, it's not Star Trek. It's a just a sci-fi. You hear that a lot, and a lot of Gene Roddenberry spinning in his grave mm-hmm. comments on, or and you hear it, po- you see it posted a lot. So part of me is like, I feel like he could be trolling the trolls, <laughs> but the trolls are definitely saying. I maybe call him Trolls is bad, but the people that don't like new Star Trek are taking this as a rallying cry. There's uh, this guy on YouTube that wears like this alien robot head and he hates the new Star Trek. Of course he does. And he's on there, but he, I think it's funny. It's like, well, show your face if you really want to be, but he's, he says horrible things about the new stuff. And I want... The, the, so he's championing these comments from Shatner mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Or oh, is Shatner making fun of you? I, it's hard to tell. I haven't heard the audio, but some people believe... It was a joke. Other people believe it's true. Uh, You know, Shatner tends to be a larger-than-life entertainer on a stage. Oh, yeah. And Bill was on a stage. And my interactions with him, whenever we interview him, he's performing all the time. He is that good. So... I mean, does he is he bitter about, you know, whatever's gone on might. in Star Trek and, and hey, does he honestly believe that the original series is better than any other Star Trek? Well, I don't fault him for believing that because he was on it and he, he probably still thinks and it. He and he
1: experienced and, it. He gets yeah. he got to and it was enj- a damn good show. enjoy it on a whole yeah. different level that none of us would yeah. ever know.
0: Yeah, it's a damn good show. It's really hard to ask somebody who's in their twenties to watch a show from the sixties and mm-hmm. and like it when you know when entertainment has evolved the way it has. But it is a damn good show. So I can see you go, hey, look, and I mean, everybody's done a great job, but I think my show was the best. Um,
1: I do want to point out, just because this is, I've seen this so much with the world, the politics and everything on social media right now, my favorite thing in the world is like, why do these shows have to be political, blah, 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 blah. Why do they have to, I'm like, did you not watch the original content? Yeah. There's a lot of acceptance, a lot of stuff that, you know, we might still be dealing with today that show showed in the future, this is not going to be a thing. We're not going to care about these things. And it was very progressive. So the fact that everyone's complaining about how the show is trying to do exactly what other, like, yeah, and other there, shows have it done. It's like calm down. There's and
0: there's a confusion uh, or a conflation of the word progressive and then the W word. Um mm-hmm. and, you know, whatever the W word used to mean, it just doesn't mean that anymore. It is it's a negative word. Yeah. Uh, which really, you know, it sucks if somebody really felt like the original intent of the W word was uh, you know, something. And I'm literally saying the W word because it has that kind of charge to it. Yeah, you it say really it and does. it like
1: in both directions. It Divisive, triggers people. Fun. Yeah.
0: yeah, And I like progressive. I like, you know, whatever other word could be. Awa- I like awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really want to be more aware as a human being every day on the planet. What I'm seeing, Vicky, is this. I am seeing that there is just an entire group of people. And I will speak for my generation because, you know, I, we're, we're the ones that watch the original series. Um, and maybe some of the next geners would be my son. And... <coughs> Television is definitely, in science fiction and other forms, taking a deep dive into emotions. Emotions is the final frontier for the new Star Trek shows. It's They're definitely going into the emotions, and it's intentional. It is, I think, where these new showrunners are like, we have really gone deep in a lot of things, racism and whatever, mm-hmm. and marginalization, but going deeper into emotions and behavioral science and 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 the way you be with other people, that's a big part of, I would say, Star Trek Discovery, and it surely was a big part of this last season of Star Trek Picard. And many older people, from the next-gen age to the TOS, original series age, they sit there and go, I am not used to this deep dive into emotions. Even my son Mm -hmm. says, Umbrella Academy, he goes, man, I mean, it could be so good, but they get into all these emotions. And I'm like, that's kind of why I love the show. I love the family dynamic of this broken family in Umbrella Academy, which I think is so brilliantly done. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just doesn't like it, Mm which— It's okay. It's It's okay okay. not to like it. Yeah, Uh, The trouble is, is when you don't like something and don't know why you don't like it, therefore you attack it.
1: And saying it's bad in general.
0: And it's like, you know, I know that I don't like anime. I just know I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it would be ridiculous of me to say, hey, you guys like that Cowboy Bebop show? I watched one episode. That show is crap. You people are mm. stupid. No, I don't like anime. Therefore, whatever those folks who love anime are getting from it, which is a lot, mm-hmm. it doesn't hit me the same way. That does not mean that's not an amazing show and that they're wrong for liking what they
1: like. And the example I always gave, and this is a fight my best friend and I have. Mind you, I've known her for over 20 years and we never fight except for this. She loves Taylor Swift. I despise her. Do I have a good reason to? No. Um and I I just don't like listening to her music. Like I see her face and I just I get a reaction out of it. I don't know where it's from. I still haven't figured it out. I'm doing deep dives on other men, my other mental traumas and issues. So I'll figure it out one day. <laughs> but that being said, she's like, "But Taylor Swift writes her own songs." I'm like, "I know." I'm never going to say Taylor Swift is not an amazing artist, that she doesn't have an amazing voice, that she hasn't done great things. I think she's a talented human being and has put out some amazing stuff. I just don't like her. And that's okay. I just mostly mess with her just to piss her off. Yeah, it's funny. But like I will never say Taylor Swift isn't good. And that's kind of the same situation.
0: And Vicky, you bring up a good point. You will mess with your friend. Somehow people forget that the Internet and Facebook, even though, you know, like we're not all friends in a group. We mm-hmm. have joined a group. It's not a group of friends. It's a group of people who like something. So when somebody goes on there and treats us like they're their friend and if you know Brené Brown has talked about this on her Atlas of Love show, sarcasm is not good in written form. You just can't do it. So when you try to be sarcastic or even, you know, telling some kind of a joke in written form, it doesn't work. So mm-hmm. you're in a room treating us like you're our friend when we don't know you, and you're being sarcastic or trolly,
1: which can come off attacky.
0: It's horrible. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work, and that is what's going on in the state of Star Wars, which you know Simon Pegg said he feels they're the most toxic fans, uh, which I feel sad for because I'm I'm, I'm an OG Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I was there at 17, and when that movie came out in Episode Four, and I'm like, when I, when what, when did this happen? We all wanted everybody to love what we loved. That's all I ever wanted. Was people to love what I love because nobody did except my small group of geeks. But now everybody loves what I love,
1: and we're seeing this now again in Stranger Things with Metallica hit the charts. And I've saw a couple people post like I've been listening to Metallica since I was you know in utero. You know, you just started listening to it because Stranger Things. And even Metallica's, like, good. Yes. You like us now? You found fa- you never knew, like, especially the younger yes. audience, you never knew that we existed and now you love us or you enjoy this song or you have a special connection to us now? That's great. You're welcome. You're welcome to this club. Like, it's not, can we stop gatekeeping? Like, it doesn't matter how you find out about things. Like, I found out about comics by going to the library and I fell in love when I saw X-Men 2 in theaters. Like, that doesn't mean like the person who saw the latest, you know, Spider-Man movie and who fell in love then and there, that doesn't make them any less valid. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: And I will say this, and I and and I think one of the best Star Trek story arc seasons ever, ever was this last season of Star Trek Discovery. It was brilliant. And I'll also say this, if you don't appreciate emotions as part of of a of a world you want to explore within your story yeah you're not going to like that season but me i'm like oh my god what they did in season 4 of disco was brilliant mm-hmm. i mean it was excellent it was superb that's why when they when they go it's a crap show and they do this and this plot holes i go you're thinking there are plot holes because you're not in touch with your emotions mm-hmm. therefore you it's uh, it's literally going over your head and therefore you're missing everything and look i don't want to stereotype and get gender specific but really the average dude just doesn't get high emotional interactions and entertainment. I know this in my life because I'm not an average dude. Most dudes go, dude, can you shut up? What are you talking Mm -hmm. about? I don't want to talk about my feelings. And the average woman will be able to sit down and go, all right, let's talk about this Mm -hmm. realm of existence. And boy, disco does that. They are so good on every level. And then this last, I mean, this last season was ridiculously brilliant as they took us from one part of the story to another part of the story. There is nothing wrong with what they are doing. I would say you just don't like entertainment based on d- d- diving deep into emotions,
1: and there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's kinda, fine. That's it's- like when we talk about like popcorn movies. Like you get your Fast and the Furious, and even like I would argue as i yeah, granted I haven't seen it yet, like Thor: Love and Thunder could that con- constitute as a popcorn movie? Turn your brain off. Don't don't worry about any of that. Like that. That sort of thing. Like, it's okay to like those things and it's okay to, you know, not like more of the emotional stuff. And in my head, like, I I go into both. Sometimes I really want to feel and think. There are other times I'm like, I don't want to think at all. So yeah. I'm going to play a show I've seen a million times. That's lighthearted. Part of the reason why, don't get, Caesar, if you're listening, calm down. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll get to it when I get to it. But I haven't seen Joker yet because I know I need to be in a certain headspace. I need to, I want to make sure I'm watching it and, the, like, With the right eyes. I know I'm going to love it. I know it's going to be brilliant. I just haven't been in that mode yet to really appreciate it.
0: And hey, that's okay.
1: Yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it, Caesar. Yeah, and
0: uh, (laughs) a big shout out to Umbrella Academy because I just started watching season one and boy, Vicky, they laid the Mm -hmm. groundwork for Klaus's new power in season one. And I'm just like, this is brilliant. I am... Like, it's a show that I'm like, wow, I really missed so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it, but it's been, you know, since 2019, since I watched it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back and watch it because I really like season Mm -hmm. three. I love that show. And I get why it is generational trauma. And boy, do they show you what happens if certain styles of parenting and human interaction happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole show is brilliantly done. Steve Blackman. Thank you, Gerard Way. Thank you for the book. Gerard Way, like phenomenal
1: artist in so many genres.
0: (laughs) And Steve is the guy that brought it to TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we haven't got a season four renewal yet, though. He says he's He's got plans. He's got plans. I hope. I hope enough of us love Umbrella Mm -hmm. Academy. That's why I'm kind of happy to watch it again because that Mm -hmm. will count as a stream, uh, you know, and (laughs) that Netflix will say yes, we think it's good enough to be made again. But I understand I'm in a, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in a minority or not. It's hard to know with Umbrella Academy how many people love it and how many people don't.
1: And each season is so different. Yeah. Like, it's such a different vibe for each season. And each season works. In that a, way, it,
0: such good acting, and uh, Aiden, I think Quinn is his name. If I'm not, I, no, I,
1: Quinn, I think was yeah, uh, I Joseph Quinn from Star, uh, Aiden, Stranger Aiden Things. Aiden
0: Gallagher, thank yeah, you, Gallagher. Yes, yep. Aiden Gallagher, who plays number five. I don't know how that kid. I, 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 I don't. I didn't hear him being nominated from Enemy. Uh, Enemy, I should say. Emmy,
1: I didn't hear it either. But, but that man, kid has a bright future.
0: He is terrific.
1: We must protect him at all costs. He,
0: and if you don't know, he basically has to play a guy who is like 50, 60 almost 60 years, years old. But in he's a ch- like,
1: child's body. Yeah,
0: he's in a child's body, and boy, Aiden pulls it off. He makes you really feel like that is a sixty-year-old in a little a kid's body.
1: Crotchety sixty-year-old. <laughs> oh, so good uh,
0: facial expressions. The the way he delivers oh, lines. I love you it. Just oh man, I mean, uh, it, it's 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 a fun show, and if you, that's another binge, if you boy, I envy you if you haven't seen any of it, right. and you kind of like stuff. Uh, there you go. So that that's our little thing about emotional television and what science fiction and fantasy is doing, they are deep diving into Mm -hmm. emotion. I get that you don't like it. That's okay you don't like it, but it's not crap Mm -hmm. if you don't like something. That's important to know, and I think that irritates me. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't call what I love crap. Don't say it's the worst. Like, Ms. Marvel is not the worst thing Marvel has ever done. And yet, people are doing that What irritates me is you got a group, somebody will go on there and go, I really love Ms. Marvel, what a fun show, and then you've decided to walk into that conversation and tell that person that what they like sucks, and not only that, then you're saying it's the worst thing that that company's ever done, and I look at you and go, well, no, that's not, not, it may be the worst thing that you've ever seen by that company, I'll give you that. But you know, factually, you're wrong. It's not. And Ms. Marvel, on so many levels, I really right. enjoyed. So I,
1: it, I, I did too. And yeah. one of the things Rev and I talked about. So the last time we did talk about Ms. Marvel, I had not seen the ending yet. Uh, I really loved the little teaser Easter oh, egg at the very, very end, yes, and, the yes, little, yes, yes, yes. and the little, little music, the, the little and, music thing. I was like,
0: <gasps> yeah.
1: But like it very much hit me because I am first generation, you know, parents immigrated to this country, became citizens. So there is a lot that I related to, even though her family and my family are from completely different sides of the world. I related to her and her family so much. So when you're sitting there and you say something's crap, can you at least stop and think why do I think it's crap? Is it because this show was not made for me? Because it was pretty young. It was a younger vibe to it. I
0: still which, didn't have a problem with that some, at all.
1: Which some people
0: yeah, I, I, would I re- love, some people do They were don't. very relatable, Vicki. Even yeah. though it was young people, it was done so well that me, mm-hmm. this you know, this 61-year-old guy, was like, you know what? I'm, I'm really digging these characters. And look, right. I watch the CW, so yes. Oh, yeah. So I can tell you, yes, there are some teenage show things that I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I want none no. of this. This was much much deeper than I was
1: gonna say yeah it's not so superficial
0: yeah Uh, and that's why it's like you got to look in the mirror and ask yourself do I not just like it because they're it's just not my thing as opposed to this is crap and I feel like it's so cruel to basically just tell people in their own place I'm in a group of people that want to love the show and you're coming into my room going what you like is crap you're stupid and then a massive troll fight I'm like, "What? When did that happen? If you're really a geek, what are you doing?" Cuz that's what people used to do to me in the 70s. Mm-hmm. "Star Treks for losers, you idiot. Comic books are for losers, you." That's you're doing the same thing and why would you do that when I mean, it's like the oppressed have become the oppressor. And then you're doing it to your own people.
1: Right. I, I even got a little bit of the tail end, like, I, in the 2000s, early 2000s, when I was in middle school and high school and stuff. Like, I, I feel like my generation was kind of, like, the first to be like, well, why can't we still like this as adults? But I, like, I still got some of that. And it's like, can we stop this cycle? Like, it, just because yeah. you've been hurt doesn't mean you have to hurt someone else. Yeah, good point. So, fun little homework assignment, if you're willing to do so. Take a look at something you really didn't like, whether a movie or a show and kind of based on what we said today if if you'd like to share with us kind of think about why do i not like this why does this create such a huge emotion for me and let us know what you find out i'm curious
0: well, look at this, Vicky. I apologize. I started something, and you don't even get to do a geek sheet. I'm sorry. I had fun. All right, fair enough.
1: This was the, the dynamic duo today.
0: Yeah, we showed them. You know what? We don't need nobody.
1: We get deep on this.
0: Oh, yeah. That's probably when they come back, they go, you're not going to do any of that deep stuff, are you?
1: Uh, it's probably. Like, right,
0: no, nah, probably not. <laughs> you're right. We should probably get back to just, you know.
1: Well, in the words of the wise Will Wheaton.
0: Oh, Will Wheaton.
1: Don't be a dick. And until next time, stay nerdy.